You are listening to the Murray Hills Church Podcast. To learn more about Murray Hills Church, including our gathering times and how to connect with us, visit us online at murrayhills.com. See, get that young lady a microphone next time. She need, we need to, I could hear her. You probably could hear her too. That's why we have our children join us for worship. They, they go to Bible class right now. So kids, kindergarten through fourth grade, you can head out. Miss Tammy's right there uh, waiting on you. But that's why I could hear Emma singing too. She was singing at the top of her lungs. So, oh man, it feels good to be in a room with people in here singing again. Like it just, I, I've missed it. And, and I, I know you've missed it too. I know those of you online have missed it. And I, I'm still anxiously awaiting the day that we can all be back together again. We're still not all back together again. But it's been a long time since we've been together like this. It's been, it's been a full, really more than a calendar year since we've been able to have a worship service like this. And uh, man, I'm grateful. Let's, let's don't ever take it for granted again, the ability of the church to gather so thank you for being with us this morning. Those of you online, thank you for being with us as well. You know, last Easter, uh, these pastel pants were wasted uh, because you couldn't see them. I had them on last Easter, but I was preaching from my kitchen table, and you were watching from your kitchen table. And it was like, it was just a surreal moment, really. And, and we're, I'm going to talk about that in the message today, just this surreal moment. But I had a video that I was going to share last Easter, but I actually, we did the whole service from our houses. Like Scott did worship from his house, and I preached from my house, and we filmed it all in these different parts and everything. So we didn't really know how to do the technical part of get the video shown. To, so anyway, I, I ended up saving it for this year, and I'm glad I did, because it's the perfect metaphor for everything we have been through together over the last year. Uh, it's a church Easter service like a, a pageant, Easter pageant, if you will. And they got some guy playing Jesus, and they got you know guys dressed up as the shoulders, and they're, they're reenacting the resurrection. I have no idea where this church is. I have no idea uh, the name of it or when this happened or anything, but they're reenacting the resurrection. They got a soloist, and they got a choir, and it's this big, huge production. And things go horribly, horribly wrong. So uh, it's, it's the perfect analogy for 2020 and 2021. I want you to watch. It's about a minute and a half video. So the first 30 seconds, it's filmed in the audience on, a, on an iPhone. So it's kind of hard to tell what's going on. But the first 30 seconds is a little bit dark. And then you'll be able to kind of see what happens here. But watch this.
there's Easter 2020 right there. That's exactly what happened. And I don't know, it's hard to watch all the components of that video. I was going to show it to you again, but we're, we don't really have the time. Uh, you'll have to go back and watch it. Flaming Tube on Easter. That's the YouTube. Flaming Tube. It only has 100,000 views. It really needs more. Uh, I, you know, it's, it, you're kind of watching all the commotion going on, and, and it, it slowly dawns, like the deacon of pyrotechnics failed that day, and it slowly dawns on them that this is like the this is not part of the show. The, the church is on fire. Like the, the tomb is on fire. And you can see it in the audience. It kind of dawns on them. It dawns on everybody except the guy singing the solo. <laughs> the, everybody else. I mean, like you see those people rushing up. They got fire extinguishers. I, I did like the big guy that came up to the right side of it. He comes up the right side and he just kind of looks at it like, yeah, that's a fire. Yeah. Somebody needs to put that out. You know, but the guy singing the solo just keeps singing. He just keeps, the show must go on. We are not, and Jesus is still walking around out there like nothing's going on. No, no problems here. The guy's carrying a flaming door in front of him. That to me is a perfect analogy for where the church has been over the last year. And really where we've been as a society and individually over the last year. The world literally caught on fire last year. Literally, I mean, as you think about it, it's hard to imagine where we've been over this time period but, because we just forget about it. But I want you to go back a little bit and think about March when they first started canceling ball games. I coached softball, so that was, you know, they, there was no softball, there was no baseball, there was no soccer. There was no school sports, then there was no travel sports. And then the NCAA said, we're not going to have March Madness. And then the NBA said, we're not going to have the playoffs. And then Major League Baseball said, we're not going to start the spring season. And then there were no... Um, birthday parties. There were no anniversary celebrations. There were no weddings. I got disinvited to two weddings. I did them on Zoom, but there was no, you couldn't come to a wedding. You, you could, there were no in-person funerals. There were no Easter dinners with your family. There were no Thanksgiving meals with your family. There were no Christmas meals with your family. You could not gather together with groups of people. There were, the parks were closed. The playgrounds were roped off with yellow police tape. The fountains, water fountains are taped up. You can't drink from the water fountain. There's no community celebration, no Fresh Fridays, no Mule Day. Not a political statement, just a statement of fact. No Mule Day last year in 2020 or in 2021. Well, it's debatable now. So, but I mean, it's, you see, I think about that. There was no school. There was no church, at least in-person church, couldn't come. There was no work. Many people's businesses shut down for two or three months at a time. We were all told to go home and stay away from everybody. And for the first week or two, it was kind of nice. Right? I mean, you remember the first week or two, we were like, hey, this is kind of nice. The brakes all of a sudden got thrown on. We're talking about how nice this is and, and this is good. And it just kept going a little bit longer and a little bit longer and a little bit longer. And we finally dawned on us. It kind of slowly dawned on us, the world is on fire. And not, not even, I mean, the world is on fire. It's literally burning down around us. And what did we do? What did the church do? Well, we just kept singing. <laughs> you know, it is the show must go on. Just keep singing. And there's people who are like, there were churches talking about the first two or three weeks into this thing. Like, man, we're growing during the pandemic. COVID's been good for us. Man, our views, they're going through the roof. We're really growing during this pandemic. Uh, one second views aren't quite the same as 
coming and being a part of a service. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and YouTube counts every second at just one view. So if somebody watches for one second, that counts as much as somebody watches for a whole hour. So churches kind of miscalculate that. The other thing is Christians start sharing things like, you know, there's this gift that went around, like, this is what it's going to be like when church comes back. This is when, when church comes back, this is what it's going to be like. You remember that one? Rolling around social media. Like, we were thinking that was going to be sometime in May or sometime in June. Guess what? That's not the way it happened. We were wrong. And I know we're still in the middle of it, so it's, my analogy is a little bit limited there, but we were wrong. They, it, it didn't come back that fast. And I don't, you know, I don't know what it'll look like from this point going forward. But we kind of did the same thing individually. Like individually, we all put on the brave face. We all said, like, hey, hey, I'm doing great. You know, we were posting stuff on social media. We were making the jokes, posting the funny jokes and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, putting the smile on and everything's fine. You know, it's kind of been good. COVID's been good for us. It was a good reset and all that. But the longer it went on, and then the resurgence in the, in the winter, and then 2021, and it didn't quit. Like, we all naively thought, man, when the calendar flips, we're done. Like, you all remember celebrating? Like, oh, thank goodness 2020's over. Pandemic's over now that it's January 1, because it can't survive in 2021. And, like, we were, the longer it went on, the tireder we got. And it started manifesting itself in a lot of different ways. And I don't know if you guys experienced this, so I, if you didn't, maybe I'm the only one. But the, the, the more it went on, the tireder we got, the more stressed we got, the more ex- emotionally exhausted we were. And people started reacting in ways that they would not normally react. Like people just, I mean, just they got upset over stuff. That, like I saw this in church. People got upset over stuff that they would not normally get upset over. It was really not that big a deal. I mean, there's some stuff in church that happens. It's a big deal. Yeah, get upset over that. But I mean, it's some, it was just little small things. It could be just one thing I said in a message or one book I used or something. People would get just all kind of out of sorts with that. And I saw it in school. You know, you're coaching or, you know, like people just get out of sorts over just the, the smallest little slight or, or offense. And, and you would see it in work settings. And I was asking people, like other people, like asking teachers and asking, you know, employers and stuff like that. Like, do you just feel like everybody is so on edge right now? Like here at the tail end of this pandemic, we hope it's the tail end. But like, it just feels like everybody is on edge. And like you're walking around on eggshells trying not to set anybody off. You don't want to. You don't want to upset them and so like you're trying to avoid the landmines because it's like any of us could blow up at any time, and I'm including myself. Like it's just we're so stressed and we're so emotionally exhausted. And no matter how good we've tried to hide it, the last year has taken an emotional toll on us. It's it it's worn us out. I'm not even talking about elections. I mean, goodness, I'm not even talking about all the other stuff going on in our world. But, I mean, just this last year has just has taken a toll on us. And if you think about it for just a minute, the economic uncertainty, the social isolation, and the physical uncertainty. Just think about those three things. The economic uncertainty. People lost their entire source of livelihood for two or three months. I mean, they were like, if you were in the dental field or if you were a hairdresser or if you owned a restaurant, I mean, it completely cut off for two or three months and you're thinking how am I going to pay my employees how am I going to pay myself how am I going to pay my mortgage how am I going to 
keep the, you know, the phone service up. You know, like, you, just think about that. That entire source of revenue cut off. And then other people in their businesses were either getting laid off or, or it, was, it was affecting all of that economic uncertainty. I sat down and did a budget with four quadrants. And each quadrant was like, the first quadrant was, okay, this is what I'm going to do right now. Right now. And then the second one was, if this thing lasts more than a week or two. Remember that? If this thing lasts more than two weeks, this is what I'll do next. And then if this thing lasts for four or five months, this is what I do. And if this gets nuclear, this is like, if this, like, it was literally like, okay, we, we food and shelter, like it was, it was down to the basic necessity. What do we need to do to survive if we got to survive? All of that uncertainty takes a toll. The physical uncertainty. Early on, people were posting stuff on social media like, do you know anybody with COVID? Remember that? Everybody's posted, do you know anybody with COVID? Like, 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 and everybody's like, no, no, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody. Every single one of us knows somebody now. We had it ourselves. Many of us had it ourselves. Many of us went in the hospital for it. People were fighting for their lives for it. I've done funerals. I've done four funerals for members of this church. I mean, it's that, that takes an emotional toll on us. When you're worried for the physical well-being of loved ones, or, or you're worried for your own physical well-being, that wears on your emotions as well. And then the social isolation, I don't think we have any clue yet what the outcome of that's going to be. They're, they're, they're going to be doing studies for the next two decades on how it's affected students to not be together with other students, to be isolated and, and have to do everything online or everything digital, or how it's affected the elderly to not be able to have family come and visit them in an assisted living facility or nursing home. They, they can't, or, or when you're sick, you can't have somebody come into the hospital with you. I mean, it's, the, the, there's, that takes a huge toll on us. And I think what we've been trying to do in the first part of 2021 is just kind of hold it together. And some of us have done really good, and some of us have not done so good. And the, my therapist said it's like trying to hold a beach ball down. Okay, like you've got all of these emotions. You, take, you try to hold a beach ball underwater. You can do it. But you know, you can feel the beach ball fighting you, right? You can feel it trying to burst through the surface. And when you're trying to hold your emotions down, you're, all of that anxiety and that stress and the, and the fear and all that, you're trying to hold all that down. And, and you can do it for a little while, but eventually you lose your grip and it bursts to the surface. And when it bursts to the surface, it produces some pretty damaging results in your life and the lives of everybody around you. Galatians chapter 5. I think is a, a I, know that, I know that Paul didn't have that analogy in mind when he wrote Galatians chapter 5, but I want you to just look at it for just a minute. And then we're going to get to a verse called uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, that will absolutely is the game changer for us. But if, if you're, you feel like you've been wrestling with that, like I've been, I've been holding the beach ball underwater while above water trying to keep the smile and, and keep posted and keep saying I'm doing fine when everybody asks if I'm doing fine, but I'm just trying to keep the emotions down because I'm scared of what's going to happen when, they, when it bursts to the surface. And, and, and the, the advice I got was, you can only do it for so long. Eventually, you're going to have to let it come to the surface. And you can let it come to the surface violently, or you can let it come to the surface in a healthy way. But eventually, you're going to have to determine that you don't have the capacity within you to keep holding it down. Eventually, you're going to have to determine that it's okay to lay down the microphone and stop singing and say, the world is on fire and I need some help. It's okay to stop the show. It's okay to stop the show and say, I need some help. I need God in my life. 
Here's the way Paul talked about it in Galatians chapter 5. Starting in verse 14. He talks about the entire law is fulfilled in keeping one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you may be destroyed by each other. So I say walk by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you, do, you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Now he talks about the same thing in Romans 8. But what he's talking about is we have two competing natures inside of us. We have a fleshly nature and we have a, a, a spirit. So we have a sinful nature and a spirit, and those are always competing inside for us. They're competing for our attitudes, our actions, our thoughts. They're always competing. And when we are stressed, which one do you think wins? Or when we are anxious, which one wins? When we are fearful, we're in despair, when we are emotionally exhausted, which side tends to win that battle? The fleshly side almost always wins in times of high stress. In times of high emotional stress, the fleshly side wins out every time and he describes what that looks like he says the acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality impurity and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions and envy drunkenness orgies and the like i warn you as i did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of god now he says it differently than we would say it but look at the list when we get overwhelmed we tend to act out in the ways he describes again he uses different words than we would use today but when we get overwhelmed with anxiety or fear or despair we tend to act out sexually we sow discord we fly into fits of rage we foster dissensions and factions in our families, in our relationships. We drink too much. We try to numb those feelings. That's one of the ways we try to hold it together and hold it down. And then he contrasts it with this. That's the fleshly nature. That's the side that usually wins in times of high emotional stress. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there's no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And so Paul kind of maps out a better way forward for, he's, for us. He says a better way forward is to let God take control and instead of responding with hatred, respond with love. Instead of responding with despair, respond with joy. Instead of getting impatient, respond with patience. Instead of uh, with uh, cruelty, respond with kindness. And you look at those things, and we know that when we do those things, we know that when we're kind and when we're good and when we're gentle, we know that God's working in our lives. Right? The result of the Spirit living in us is when we act in those ways. And we also know the opposite is true, that when we act not in those ways... It's not because God moved out of our lives. It's because we either stopped listening to him or stopped yielding to him. He's still, he's still there. The spirit is still there. We just, we stopped allowing him to speak into our lives in a way in which we would let him lead the spirit. Now, when I look at these two lists, at Galatians 5, and I look at the ways we, you know, we act out sinfully versus the way we're supposed to act according to the Spirit, and I go, you know, man, I, 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 yes, I wish I could be more loving, and I wish, I wish I could be more patient. 
with people, and I wish I could be more kind with people, and I wish I could be more gentle. I wish I could be more self-controlled. I wish that the, the impulse is there. I just, you know, when I look at that list and think, how in the world is that possible? Like, how in the world could I possibly, when, it, when you compare those two lists, I just, how in the world is it possible to live in that way? How, is it, how in the world is it possible to have relationships built on those principles versus the other principles, or a life built on those principles versus the other principles? And here's where Romans 8, 11 comes in. And here's where Easter comes in. In Romans chapter 8, verse 11, Paul talks about the same thing. He doesn't give a list, but he talks about the same thing, the fleshly nature versus the sim, uh, spirit. And he says this in verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Now, it's a, it's a little bitty statement buried in this long kind of theological tristies here that, that he talks about in Romans. But he says so much in that verse right there. Look at this in the, the New Living Translation. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So Paul wants to clarify something. He wants to say not only does the, the Spirit of God live in you. Yes, the Spirit of God lives in you. But the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. The point he's trying to make is... The same resurrection power that we've sang about today, the same resurrection power is available to us because God resides in us. He has set up residence in our hearts. So when we think, there's no way I can be loving in this situation. There's no way I can be patient in this situation. There's no way I can be gentle. There's no way I can be self-controlled. There's no way I can stop drinking. There's no way I can ever talk to, to my brother again. There's no way I can ever repair things with my mom. There's no way that we're ever going to pull this marriage back together. There's no way that, that I can never stop looking at that stuff that I'm looking at on the computer. There's no way that I can do that. What that verse tells you is, yes, there is. And it's through his power. Through your power, you're right. You can't. Anybody who's ever tried to stop an addiction just on willpower knows that it don't work. Right? Anybody who's ever tried to repair a broken relationship just on willpower, let's just, let's just gut it out and we'll make it. It doesn't work. You need God. You need God in your life to be able to do these things. And that verse, can you throw that back up for me, Ty, real quick? That, that verse 11. That verse right there, to me, changes everything. What it tells me is that you don't have to keep singing while the world's on fire. You can turn it over to God. You don't have to keep trying to control things or keep trying to manage the expectations or manage the emotions and put on the brave face. You can turn it over to God and you can lay down the worry and you can lay down the anxiety and you can lay down the despair and you can lay down the stress and you can lay down the exhaustion and you can trust in the God who says his son says come to me those who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest you can you can give that up to Jesus that verse right there really changes everything if, if you've got time take a picture of it or mark it in your Bible or something and spend some time wrestling with that thing right there. Because what it tells us is that we're not just ordinary human beings walking around. We have the Spirit of God living in us. The, re the result of the resurrection, we all know the story of the resurrection. That's powerful. But it's not just an event that happened in history. 
the result of the resurrection is we have access to the same power if we would only yield to God's spirit. So here's why I wanted you to hang on to the connect cards. I'd like you to fill those out now. And I want to talk to a couple different people as you're doing that. The band's going to come back out. We're going to close with Graves to Gardens because Graves to Gardens is what I just preached. Listen to the lyrics of this song. It's what I just preached. We can take our weaknesses and give them to God, and he will turn our graves into gardens. <clears throat> but on that Connect card, um, and there's all the ways you can fill it out on the screen. If you have never accepted Christ as, as your Lord and Savior, if you've never been baptized into Jesus... I want to, and well, I'll talk to two different groups here. Okay, one is I've never been baptized into Jesus, but I am a believer, so I, I do believe Jesus is the Christ. I've just, for whatever reason, I've never taken the step of baptism. If you believe Jesus is the Christ, you are ready to be baptized. You're ready to surrender your life to Him. And on the back of that card, there's a box that says, "I want to be baptized." I would encourage you to mark that box that says, "I want to be baptized." And one of our pastors will follow up and we'll schedule a time for your baptism. We can do it today if you want to do it today, but the water's cold. Uh, but that's okay. I don't care. You know, <laughs> we'll jump in today if we need to. But uh, just mark, I want to be baptized. Uh, if you're somebody that says, I, I do want to do that, but there's a whole, I got a whole lot of questions. There's, there's, there's some stuff I don't understand, or there's some stuff I'm trying, still trying to work through and all that. There's a box on there that says, I want to speak with a pastor. If you'll mark that, then one of our pastors will call you this week and set up a time to talk and answer any questions. I had one of our members, one of our elderly uh, members at the end of first service stop me. He said, if anybody marks that box and you run out of pastors, I'd be happy to meet with them. And there's a, there's a whole church of people that'd be happy to meet with you and talk about what Jesus means and faith and what it means to follow him and all that. The promise of baptism includes the promise of the Spirit. That's, that's when God sets up residence in our life is through baptism. So I invite you to think about that. If you're not baptized, I want to invite you to think about either making a decision to go ahead and be baptized or making the decision to talk to somebody about it. At least talk to somebody about it. You haven't got anything to lose there. The second group that I would talk to is those of you that are already baptized and already believers and, and you have a strong faith. Man, you've just gotten disconnected. And that's pretty much all of it. Just gotten a little disconnected and a little out of sorts. And uh, if you're ready to get connected, there's a, there's a box in there called Growth Track, and that's what that's about. You mark, mark that box, and we'll, we'll take you through a, a growth track that helps you get connected to this church and find a place to serve and find a, find a group to be a part of. All right. The last box on there is Prayer Request, and anything you want to put there. So anything in that prayer request uh, that we could be praying for specifically for you, if it's confidential, just mark right confidential in it so it'll only go to our pastors. But if you're okay with the whole church praying, then, then leave it in there, and, and Sherry sends that out on our family news email every week. I want to say a word of prayer for us. These guys are going to close us with a song, and we'll use this song as a prayer too. So I'm not going to stop the prayer. We'll just go, the, 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 the song continues the prayer. So let me start it. God, I'm thankful for the resurrection. I'm thankful that you defeated sin and death. And I pray that you would help all of us to realize the power we have living within us. That we do not have to give to our fleshly desires. We do not have to keep holding the beach ball down and holding the emotions down and trying to control everything on our own. We can actually admit our failings and weaknesses to you. We can give those things up to you and you will take 
those weak parts of our life and turn them into something beautiful. You turn graves into gardens. You did it 2,000 years ago. And you're still doing it today. If you are encouraged by today's talk, feel free to share it with your friends. Please also consider rating and subscribing on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more, please visit us online at murrayhills.com.